Welcome to the first episode of How About the Muskies podcast. I'll be your host, Connor. You know me better as UConn MVP Updates on Instagram. And I have three co-hosts, Matt Sarkis. How's it going, guys? Yeah, Matt Morbidelli. What's going on, everyone? And Andrew Arndt. What's up, guys? And we're basically starting this podcast because there weren't many UConn basketball podcasts out there. We really just want to share our knowledge on the team and stuff like that. So we'll just get right into it. So the first two games, UConn defeated Stonehill and Boston. And for Stonehill, there was there were some ups and downs. It was, I believe, 85-54 victory. And some of the good players that we took from that game were Hassan Diara, Alex Caravan, Donovan Klingon, all in their Husky debuts did pretty well. So Matt, or Matt Sarkis, uh, what did you what you like from Hassan that first game? What did you notice? Well, his playmaking was awesome. I honestly wasn't expecting that looking at his production at AMM. It was pretty awesome. He had seven assists and he scored the ball pretty well. He went five for nine from the field and he hit a three. He's hit a three in both games. So he looks like, you know, he could give us some production from behind the arc. And he, he honestly just stuffed the stat sheet. He had five boards, super active defensively. He had three steals. So stuffed the stat sheet, high energy. He's like, I'd call him an ankle biter on defense. He just, uh, he's like a pit bull, you know, he's high energy and, you know, he stuffed the statue with good efficiency. So I, I had him as my player of the game and that was a surprise to me. I wasn't expecting that. He's a guy you, you don't want to, you want to, you don't want to be going against him when you're an offensive player and he's guarding you. Yeah. He's he just, just like that. Pest. he was a pest out there. Yeah, for sure. Matt, what'd you like from Caravan that first game? I'm going to be honest, I didn't catch most of the first game, uh, much of the first game. I only got back to it in the highlights. I don't know what I was doing, but I missed it. Um, I saw Caravan. I'm pretty sure he hit a few threes. Did he hit two? Uh, let's see. I pull it up. It's going to say, say I pulled yeah, it up. Yeah, hit two threes. He had two threes. Yeah. Uh, we desperately... stat line here. I can read it off. He had in 29 minutes, which is actually a decent amount for a freshman yeah. in their first game. 13 mm-hmm. points. He had four rebounds and three assists actually too. Yeah. We need a lot of that. We need players who are going to, you know, come in, hit threes, score big points, which he just looks like he can already do. Just getting a look at him. He looks like he can score points in big moments, even though we haven't had any big moments yet this season, he can score inside. uh, He can score outside and, you know, he'll grab your rebounds. He'll dish the ball a little bit. You know, he does a little bit of everything. You need players like that on a team that's going to be successful, which I felt like we've lacked over a long period of time um, last year with Tyrese Martin and, you know, two or three, uh, two or three years before that, you know, he brought that, mm-hmm. but, you know, I feel like he could have been better. Something felt like it was missing. I don't know. Hopefully what Caravan brings is more of a consistency because I felt like, you know, sometimes in big games, uh, two years ago in the tournament, I, I, Martin had like zero points, yeah, you know, yeah, and I felt like he had a tendency to just kind of disappear, which is honestly why I was a little surprised he got drafted. But, yeah, Caravan um, yeah, seems like he's going to come in. He's going to be consistent as he followed up with another good game. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's all I really have to say for him. I also think it was huge. He joined the team in January, so he had that experience for a few months. Yeah, around all the guys. He practiced with the guys last yeah. year. He's practicing with the guys this year. No, he's getting a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Especially guys like Cole and you know Martin and Polly, we're all professional now. Whaley, even exactly, yeah. these are all professional players. So 
you know, it's great to get that experience in and learn from those kind of guys. Sure. I was going to say he looked uh, pretty poised out there for a freshman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And we'll go to Donovan. Andrew, what did you like from him that first game? I really like Donovan's athleticism so far. Honestly, last year, I was worried that he might just be this, you know, big, tall guy who's just going to sit in the paint and wait for rebounds and tappings. But I really like the way he moves up and down the floor and across the paint. Yeah, for sure. I'm also surprised. He hasn't really had too many, like, bad fouls that you'd expect, like, an 18, 19-year-old no. seven-footer to have. He really keeps himself defense. on his toes and just doesn't reach, which I also like about him. But I think his chemistry with the guys so far is really good, just like him and Caravan, because they were both pretty much on the team. I mean, I met Donovan at the first game last year. He got swarmed by the fans in the stands, so you knew he was going to be a fan favorite. And then by, I think, the second game I went to, he was sitting pretty much with the bench and walked down the tunnel. So him and Caravan being with the team, for almost all of last year, I feel like really helped build that chemistry, but I'm a big fan of Klingon so far. Yeah, for sure. I remember going all those games at XL last year, and he always had his, like, reserve seat right behind the bench. You couldn't miss him either. He would exactly. Yeah, yeah dude, he's a skyscraper. Yep. Yeah. Matt, you want to jump in? Yeah, what I wanted to say was with him and Sonogo, it's like those big men just don't get a break, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you're starting Sonogo – He's just a beast. He's a big guy. and He's in there. He's beating you up for 10, 15 minutes. And then, oh, all of a sudden, you got Klingon coming in now. Seven foot two. And, you know, you can't get a bucket on him. It's, like, impossible. It's, like, what do they do, you know? It's just a great physicality to bring. And I'll throw out there, you know, when Sonogo comes out. You know, you might lose a little bit of scoring. You know, mm -hmm. his touch around the basket looks like it could use a little bit of work. Yeah. Maybe a mid-range jump shot. But, you know, he would shoot him in high school. It shouldn't be a problem. He'll be fine. It's almost like they're opposite players in a sense that one's a smaller scorer type and the other's a larger defender. But yeah, it's just the match. The matchups are really hard to, to plan for. Yeah, I mean, we'd love to have Polly here. He could come in at the four, you know, stretch it. Mm -hmm. Got to surround shooters around these guys. So hopefully that's Caravan. Yeah, yeah we'll see Car uh, Caravan and Calcaterra and all of them. See if they can put them up, make them. Mm -hmm. Sure. And Sticking with the Stonehill game for a little longer, a couple of things that stuck out that weren't so pleasing. Sampson, obviously he suffered the injury, but he only ended up playing 17 minutes, and most of which was in the second half because of foul trouble. And that was an issue last year as well with his fouls. I remember, I believe he had to come in, like I think it was the Villanova game on the road because we got into foul trouble, and he just immediately fouled as well. So... Yeah, that was his first start, so I kind of expected it. But at the same time, once he gets healthy, hopefully, which I don't know how long that's going to be because at the game when I went down to the tunnel at the end, he was limping on that walking boot, which is not good to yeah. see. But he's really athletic, and he's good in the post. And so he's even a pretty good shooter, but the fouls, the reaching is definitely a problem. Mm, for sure. But it can easily be worked on with probably somebody like Kimani Young. If he works with him like one-on-one, -on -one, just getting him not to reach, just play with his hands up instead of out. Sark, you want to add something? Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel about the reaching thing. I think it's – he's just so eager to – as soon as the ball is near him, he wants to make a big play. He's jumping. He's not being patient on his feet. And one thing in particular I was thinking about was – 
He was guarding out on the perimeter and the shot clock's winding down, like three seconds left. And he just got impatient and went for a steal. And I think I'll chalk that up to he's a young and experienced player. I'll call it jitters. I'll call it just him wanting to make a big play, but just timing needs to be better. And he just needs to be a little more patient, but I think he's a talented kid and I think he'll get better as time goes on. Yeah. But after his injury, it's kind of weird. I don't remember seeing him get injured in the game, but apparently he's going to be out a few weeks and there's obviously no timetable yet, but I'd be honestly surprised if he's back in what 11 days, not even. For the yeah. Hurley. Hurley had to go when all the guys ran down the tunnel, even Hawkins was running. Hurley had to go back and walk with Samson. So he wasn't like alone back there. Like he was limping. Like he was barely putting any pressure on that foot, which is obviously not good to see, which makes me think that it was something like non-contact because he never went down in that game. Yeah. He was never like a pause of play. So that's what makes me think it might be non-contact, which also might not be good. Mark. Um, was there like what what was on the injury report for the injury? Um I can I'll look it up it to confirm. Up. Like I just I was so unclear on what happened, especially because I wasn't there. I know Andrew, you were there, right? So you could see No, I was at the Boston University game. Oh yeah, yeah, you were at that one. I just didn't really see what happened. But um, I think Klingon could hold it down for the time being. And I think we got a pretty deep front court. But, yeah, I'm just still unclear what happened. I'm, I'm sure more will come about before the yeah. Buffalo game. According to Dave, David Borgs, and if you don't know, if anyone doesn't know him that's listening, he's like one of the main guys for UConn on Twitter to get he information. All my he sources. Said, yeah. He said in a tweet, Samson Johnson out indefinitely with right foot injury. So it doesn't really go into specifics there. but. We'll see. And one more thing from that Stonehill game, Tristan Newton. It was kind of a struggle for him from the field. He didn't make a field goal, but he was very efficient from the free throw line. Nine of 12, all nine of his points. He also had six rebounds, three assists. So solid game, but he couldn't get it going. Matt, you have anything to add about it? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, even getting to the free throw line to take 12 shots is something in its own. You know what I mean? Like, just, yeah. you know, get in there, get in the paint a lot like Vital would. I don't know who said that before, but, you know, just get in there, be a bulldog, you know, get those free shots, get those free points. If you get nine points on free throws every game, you average 20. You know what I mean? You could just, exactly. you could put the, yeah. you could average 20 points, you know, putting the ball in the, you know, say six times, get 12 points, nine free throws, 21. I mean, that's something we haven't had for a while. So, honestly, I mean, that's, it's a big plus in itself. Even though he didn't make a field goal, you know, still give him the ups for that. Plus six, uh, six boards, you know, three assists, you know, great game, honestly. For sure, yeah. And we'll start to shift over to the VU game. He had a much better game there, at least from the field. He had 11 points, hit a couple of threes, six more rebounds. So back-to-back six rebound games from the point guard is pretty good, especially with Jackson out. And continuing on with the VU game, Naheem Aleem, uh, he stuck out to me. I mean, he finished with 11 points, but three of six from three. He just, we brought him in to be a shooter, and he's exactly been that so far. And the first game, he struggled a little bit. Let me see, did he hit a three in that first game? Um, Now he went 0 for 4 from 3 in the first game. So to see him step it up and make a few is, I think, really important. And also the obvious, Adama Sanogo. 
I think. He had one of his best games he's had at UConn, even though it was against BU. 27 points, 15 rebounds. He's just a dominant force out there. Does anyone want to add anything about Sonogo? Yeah, um, it's just too easy for him against these teams like BU. And one thing is, I think his touch and his footwork has improved, which is saying a lot since he already had very advanced touch and footwork for a big guy in college. And he's just too strong for these guys, too skilled. And he hit two threes, which I was psyched about. Every time he made it, I was, you know, like clapping and yelling. And I think I remember I said when he made those threes, I said the Big East isn't ready for Sonogo to be stretch the floor. And I said that in the group chat, and Matt responded back, the NBA isn't ready for that. That's how special that is, that he could stretch the floor now. And he's just going to be such a big-time player this year, not to mention he had 15 boards. Just casually, yeah. It's crazy. With those three-pointers, they weren't, like, rattling around off the rim. They were, like, swishes. They, he, he hit those, which was surprising to me. And also, with some of those hook shots he takes, pretty much every shot that's further than, like, 15 feet, I'm thinking that's way too deep. He's not making that. And he always hits it, so – I just – he proves me wrong every time, and I love it. I was going to say, he also just looks a lot better around the rim. Um, in the big games last year, I mean, the shooting percentages weren't great. I remember watching them play against Nova in the Big East, and I don't know how many shots he missed, but it was just like he just passed the ball. You know what I mean? And it's like, if he can, you know, I feel like the touch is more important. The threes will come. You know, it's great. You know, you got to make your layups. You can't be missing five, six layups a game if you want to, you know – make the NBA or, you know, run your team deep into March. Um, yeah, he shot 12 of 15 this game. Fantastic. Yeah. One of the misses was a three. 50% on free throws. I mean, he didn't get many, but, you know, time will come where he needs to shoot five, six, seven, eight free throws a game. So, yeah, for sure. You know, hopefully, you know, they need to practice their free throws, man. I don't know, we'll get <laughs> I don't know what they were doing, but yeah, they got to shoot their free throws. Andrew, you want to add? Anything? Yeah, Matt, I definitely see where you're coming from with the Sonogo needing to pass the ball. Like when he's got three people around him and he still makes a layup, that's not going to work all the time once we get into Big East play because those guys are just going to go just for the ball, not even for the shot block. They're just going to tie it up. But what I think Hurley's going to end up doing is he's going to push Adama to the four or put somebody like Samson who's tall enough to finish around the rim because Adama, the only issue with Adama is he's only six foot nine. And he's not going to be able to play center in the NBA, which is why I think Curley ended up probably working with his shot. Because if he wants to go to the NBA, he's going to have to shoot it somehow, kind of like Whaley does. But I just, I want to see him dish it to somebody at the rim if he gets covered in the post. Unlike last year where he just forced up shots with everybody around him and it either got blocked or he missed it and it's a waste of a possession at that point. Yeah, I think that is a really important way. I think that's the way he expands his game is making the right read out of when a double team comes, not forcing anything, just skipping the ball over. And I think in the BU game, I saw him do that once, and it looked like it looked like something new. It looked like uh, something he's been working on. So I think that's where he takes the next step, obviously besides shooting, but that would be big time if in Big East play when he's getting doubled and tripled makes the right read he's not turning it over and he's not throwing up a bad shot and I trust that'll do that I think I think he's gotten a lot better this offseason one more positive takeaway from the beat there are many positive but one more we're going to highlight here Richie Springs man this is his fourth year in the program and this is 
that game was really the first time he had like genuine minutes in the game. He finished five points, one rebound, two assists. He had that and one. He just he proved that he deserves some more minutes. I don't know if he'll get them, but it just shows the depth that we have. Andrew. He definitely I'm actually really happy for him because you know, it's tough to see guys like that who come, you know, not everybody who's a top college recruit is going to pan out. And that's just the nature of the sport. But what he is, is loyal to the Huskies. You know, two freshmen transferred out last year. We've had tre- freshmen transfer out. I mean, what, Javante Brown Ferguson as a freshman transferred in and Diggins and Floyd last year. And I'm sure plenty of others. But he hasn't always gotten the minutes that he probably wishes. But he stayed loyal to this program for four years which is why I think Hurley ran with him in that game. And he, tr- he trusted him, which he should have, because he really did a nice job with getting that and one and taking the right shots, not forcing anything. But I was really happy that he finally got the minutes he deserved and not garbage time minutes. I feel like he can really go to probably most mid-majors to be a starter there and be like a double-double candidate. So I'm really happy he stayed with us this whole time. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, um, I'm honestly – Surprised he didn't transfer with all the guys that went out last year. Um, I don't know. I mean, Hurley must have told him something about his minutes or his opportunity. Because, I mean, if he came back this year and had another year like he had last year, then, I mean, what are you doing? I mean, you're honestly wasting your time. So, I feel like as the season goes on, you know, he's going to hit the weight room probably more. You know, he's still kind of lanky, but he's a big guy. You know, you put some muscle on and – you know, you work it out, you know, your minutes will go up, your opportunity will go up, and, you know, all you need is one game. You know, you put up 10 exactly. points and 11, 10 points, 11 rebounds. I mean, if you, if you could do that one time, <laughs> I mean, imagine the opportunity that'll bring you in itself. So I feel like Hurley sees something in him that, you know, we aren't able to see because he doesn't play all that much. But, you know, I trust it. I trust the whole process with him, and I feel like he'll be a, a pretty decent-sized part of this team, especially if guys go down with injuries. Yeah, speaking of the injuries, I think we're going to have similar rotation Tuesday. I don't think that, obviously, Hawkins won't be back. Um, Jackson won't be back, and Samson won't be back. So he's going to have another opportunity. Uh, I'm going to – there weren't many negatives from the Boston game, but I remember some, someone touched upon the free throws earlier. And the team went 14 for 26, 53%. And just something you got to clean up especially in games like this. You know, it's the Caravan missed a couple. Sonogo missed one. Newton missed one. Diara missed three. So just something you got to clean up. We'll keep it rolling here. Uh, one more thing about the oh, yeah, free throws. Sure. I was going to say, this seemed like a bit of an issue last year, too, where I'd be watching the games. Just hit the free throws. I mean, they're like the easiest points you can get next to a layup. They're handed to you. No one's contesting you. And they need to... You know, you know, if you miss one, you're running. You can't, you can't miss the free throws. I mean, we get, we get away with it because we're playing, playing Boston University, but good teams will make you pay. Like especially for a guy like Diara, like if you're like Diara and you're gonna take the ball to the hoop as a small guy and try to draw those fouls, then you have to make the free throws because that's just if you're trying to draw those fouls and get those three points. I mean, you got to make the free points. Then can't just take it, get fouled, and then miss them. But you know early early season these are just like practices with fans so they'll yeah. they'll get used to it once they uh once we're in a big east game that's going to be decided by like two three points and it's a big game then uh they need to be locked in they need to be hitting somewhere around like 80 percent but um 
Yeah, that's the only negative I have from that game. Besides, I thought Newton, he had four turnovers, and he had a great game. I think he yeah. played pretty well. He did a good job on the boards, and he's got good positional size, so he played good defense. And I think he'll clean up the turnovers. He's just in a new system. But, yeah, free throws were just only bad part of the game for me. Otherwise, they played very well. Yeah, free throws definitely can win or lose you a game. I don't want to bring up any bad memories, but we all remember the Creighton game two few years ago, R.J. Cole missing a couple. Yeah. Matt? Yeah, I just wanted to touch back to Newton. Uh, in this game, he had 11 and 6 with an assist. Um, I don't know what I'm getting from the playmaking side of his game, but – I mean, if you can get a guard who can go in and get you some boards, I mean, that's real important, especially when you got a big man getting you 15 already. you got a guard getting you six. I mean, you'll win the rebound battle every game. With those numbers, you just need a little more help from guys like Caravan. You know, he's a little taller. He's a forward. He should be uh, pulling in some. Uh, Aleem, has he had an assist or a rebound yet? No, actually, that's something I was going to get to. In 63 minutes played, zero rebound, zero assist. That's kind of – Kind of impressive almost how you can I feel like you run into one rebound by accident or an assist by Tyler Polly 2.0. Yeah. We'll call it impressive. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, he's he's he was a starter on a very good Virginia Tech team. And I think he's just known as a scorer and a volume shooter. And he's also playing good defense. So I'm not too worried about him. I don't think we're gonna get much playmaking from him, but he does need to get in there and get, I don't know three, four rebounds a game, but I'm not worried about it. Yeah. And for some reason, the Zoom is time. We only have six minutes left, so we're going to kind of fly through the rest of this year. Uh, we already touched upon the injury updates for well, Hawkins briefly. There's he has, He's in concussion protocol. There's no timetable. Fingers crossed for the PK tournament, but we'll know more later in the week. The 2023 recruiting class all signed. Let's see. We got Solomon Ball, Stefan Castle. Jaden Ross, Yusuf Sangare, and uh, Jalen Stewart out of Washington. So that's all. It's exciting. It's good to see they all signed early. I know I think I saw maybe St. John's had a recruit that didn't sign when he could have right away. So there's always a chance. If you don't sign right away, you may not commit to the school. You guys have anything quick to add about the recruiting class? I'm really excited for next year because I've watched a lot of these guys' films, actually, and – I mean, Castle just looks incredible. I'm, I've been saying he might be a taller version of sophomore book night. We all remember how good he was. He might be a taller version of him. I mean, Solomon is 6'3 and can dunk it like Jackson. I'm not sure about Ross. I feel like he's a tall wing. Can kind of compare him to Martin. And then Stewart could also be compared to a guy like Martin. And then Singare. I feel like is going to be used kind of as a project, but he has really high upside too because the seven footer has always has good upside and he moves like a guard too. So it'll it'll definitely be great for us next year. Yeah, for sure. Stark, anything else? Yeah, it's just the one thing UConn fans are asking is how do we get back to that championship pedigree when in the big east and it starts recruiting and this is the best recruiting class we've had in what, how many years? How many years? Like been a while. 20, 20 yeah. since Jim Calhoun was there. And um, I think we're going to get back to that championship pedigree, and it starts with those guys. I'm excited. Matt? Yeah, I was going to say, um, with these recruits, I don't know if we're finished or not. Um, 
you know, some guys are going to go out. I'm pretty sure we'll have a few more uh, scholarship spots open. So we'll probably, we probably will see more transfers come in. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just really excited for all these guys. Um, you know, I'm, I'm giving the team this year my, my due diligence, you know, I'm trusting them. Yep. They've, they've looked good so far, but for some reason, I just can't get my mind off of, off of next year. This is a brand new, this is entirely new starting five you're bringing in. So I, I don't I, I can't help but be excited. For sure. Andrew, want to add something real quick? Yeah, I just have one more thing. The big question I feel like is obviously we can't go without saying the Fab Five photo. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that's going to end up being great for them or is it going to come back and haunt them 15 years later? I don't I think, think it'll come back and haunt them. Oh, you want to go No, you're good. Um, I don't think it'll come back and have, haunt them. I think they're having fun and I think they're all going to be good players, or at least most of them are going to be good players. And it's not going to be something that could come back and people will be, you know, clowning them for it. But um, I, I had fun with that. I really enjoyed that. It made me excited. Yeah, pretty much exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, excited for it. So we'll go over to, we'll do a quick preview of the Buffalo game. We'll each choose a player that you think needs to step it up or we think will shine. I'll go first. Uh, I'm really excited to see Caravan. I mean, last game, he only played 24 minutes. He was in a little bit of foul trouble, had 10 points. But he had four assists, and that was after having three assists in the first game. So he's really proving his playmaking for a young big, young forward big man. So I'm excited to see him continue. Sark, you got a player to watch? Yeah, I mean, my player to watch is Klingon and I just want to keep seeing consistency because he's been super productive in the minutes he's been given. You know, he's like averaging almost a point per minute, a lot of blocks, a lot of rebounds. So I just want to see him keep being consistent and productive. Matt? I'm going to go with Naheem Aleen as a player to watch, mostly because uh, whenever I watch him, I just see him flying. He moves so fast. Uh, he hits shots. Uh, if he could get a few rebounds, a few assists, four each, four rebounds, four assists, and like ten points. I don't know if he could do that on the regular on a regular basis. I feel like he'd be great for our team, not just like a guy come in, give minutes, you know, work twenty five minutes. I feel like he could be a big difference maker, and honestly, one of the better players on the team if he gets it together. Yeah, the jumper doesn't look pretty, a little unorthodox there, the lefty, but goes in and goes in. So, yeah. Andrew, what's your player to watch for Buffalo? My guy for Tuesday is actually going to be Newton because I saw a lot of what I liked in that BU game, him coming off of screens and firing threes. You know, he's a good player. He just – the first couple games obviously are going to be just getting the jitters out, you know, playing for a program like UConn in front of a packed house every night. You know, he played at East Carolina, so it wasn't quite a packed house every night, but I liked – when he just came off the screens and wasn't afraid to fire because he's got a really nice shot. And if he's not afraid to shoot it and he can get in and get boards too and pass the ball, he's going to be really good. So he's my guy to watch for the Buffalo game. Cool. All right. So I think that'll just about do it for the first episode of how about the Muskies or blast you guys to come on. I can't wait to do some more. That was a lot of fun. I'll see you guys. Good talking to you guys. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you guys for watching. Yeah, thank you. I believe we're going to go. The goal right now is to upload Mondays and Thursdays, but don't. we may not stick to that. But look for another episode later this week.
All right, thank you.